0: Listening to the North
1: Shore Nine podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS Nine Live every Thursday on Twitch and help
0: support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo. I, of course, am your host, Anthony Donardo, and with me is Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Wednesday. Happy
0: Wednesday. Irison right, fresh off a uh a nice loss. They're fresh off That's a lot nice of game. a lot of losses. <laughs> what is this in a row now? I, I didn't catch last night's game, but uh yeah, how many is this now in
1: a row? Well it's it's been a week, right? But on top of that, that right? there's been at least one doubleheader that I know of. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so seven losses in a row, Jim. The last win was against the White Sox on the eighth. So good things are happening. Out,
0: we figured out one game is basically 2.8, right? Yes. So Ooh, I know where you're going. Seven, with Seven losses in a row in this season is just like losing 19 in a regular season.
1: That's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean,
0: hey, if if your if your goal is the number one overall pick, they've they've really um, established themselves as the
1: the front runner for that this week. <laughs> They're coming for that number one spot. We've discussed that. Yeah, you know, yep. Boston seemed to be taking it from our clutches. The Pirates said, "No, no, no, not this time. We're coming to get it." I I believe last week, and if it wasn't last week, it was definitely the week before that. We discussed how the Pirates are kind of winning. I think there were what, like seven out of seven wins out of like the last fifteen games at that point, which isn't good. Right, but it was like you know they're not bad. They're they're kind of losing their grasp on the the worst team in MLB, and you know they're they're, they're kind of a fun team to watch. Nope, forget that. Forget that. They realized what was happening, Jim. All all circuits gone. They're a uh, number one team in baseball.
0: I mean, two weeks ago, we were talking about how we were three games out of a playoff spot or something like that right <laughs> now now you have the the Reds who are twenty four and twenty six who just beat up on us a few times mm-hmm. they are now I believe they're a game out game actually they may even be in as of now, but they're it's close,
1: yeah, I don't. As of they right are now, half, they're they're half game out. It looks like okay. Oh, my app's loading so slowly? But yes, you are correct. Yeah, I mean that's something to think about. <laughs> the good oh. old losing Reds are in playoff contention. I mean, you know they. I guess I questioned you know their motives on on some of the trades they made at the deadline, and I, Brian Goodwin came in the clutch last night with a home run. So I guess it's paying dividends.
0: The um the St. Louis Cardinals right now are 21 and 22 and have a 70% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. (laughs) There's only one team over 500 in this whole division. That's, that's what's crazy is like, um, you you know, this team, they they kind of went in that tank direction Mm -hmm. and uh, we're kind of just going off on a tangent here, but um, this would have been like that perfect season (laughs) For you know those last few years, Neil Huntington teams where they just tried to float and like stay at around five hundred. Right. <laughs> like they if they could have done that this year, uh
1: they they're right there. They
0: would be right there in it.
1: You make a good point. This is the, the perfect season for the Neil Huntington Pirates. <laughs> because they <laughs> You know, obviously those few years that they were really good, we're going to take that aside. But it's like since then, it's always been like they, they've never been terrible. They've never been bad. You know, at the end of the year, they, they had a losing record, but they've just been right there. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if this was last year, the year before that, the year before that even, it's very likely the Pirates could have made the playoffs in this situation, depending on, you know, they're always a slow mm-hmm. starter. That would have been their issue. So I don't know if this year would have been slow or not because it technically started at the end of July. But, yeah, that would have been interesting to see those teams go to the playoffs. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm actually looking at
0: the entire National League as a whole, and there's only four teams in the entire NL that are a game over 500 or, like, better better
1: than a game over 500. And, and you know, to take back how you're talking about how terrible the Pirates have been, yet the Cubs are the only team in this division above 500. Like, that says a whole, like, t- again, how terrible this division is. The Pirates are giving you the opportunity of, of here's a team to beat up on. Here's a team to just stack wins against. And, again, right, there's only one team above 500. You know, we, we were joking in that sense that, like, the AL Central, like, that's how the Twins and the Indians are going to get their wins. You know, they're going to stack up some, some wins against, you know, the Royals, the Tigers, such like that. Like, the NL Central has this perfect opportunity to do that against the Pirates, and there's No team except for one above 500. So, yes, you're absolutely correct. Like, this division is just so, so weak, you know, and not just the Pirates. Like, they've had the the Tigers and the Royals as well. So, you know, I just can't believe that, like you said, the the Cardinals are in the playoff hunt, expected to get there. And, again, Cincinnati, who is 24 and 26, right? He's a half game out. Like, all they have to do is overtake – The San Francisco Giants, (laughs) let's (laughs) reiterate that. The Giants are in the playoffs right now, and they are 23 and 24. So, geez. I
0: think it's just really – the NL Central is getting beaten up on by the AL Central. So, I mean, you look at all these teams in the Central – the Pirates by them, the Pirates alone are two and 15 against the American League Central. Two and 15 against the American League Central again. Um, Brewers, seven and 10, Reds, six and eight. The Cardinals are seven and eight, Cubs are eight and five. So the Cubs are the only team with a winning record against the AL right now. Um, and then basically everyone else. The Cardinals, Reds, and Brewers are all exactly 500 against the division. So really, it just comes down to they're not they're not beating the AL teams, which makes sense, you know, because I would say the White Sox, Twins, and Indians are all
1: better than all those teams, you know, clustered in the middle of the Central. Right, and like heads over heels better, you know. I mean, the Cubs are up there, but rest of it, and you're right, especially like even the White Sox. The White Sox are an up and coming team. They're clearly better than any team except for the Cubs in the NL Central.
0: Even the White Sox are. I mean, they're thirty-two and sixteen. They're three games ahead of the Cubs right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. I don't know. We'll find out if the White Sox have technically overtaken the Cubs as far as strength. No, it's crazy. You know, it's you know nuts. Um,
0: the Chicago White Sox are thirteen and zero this year against lefties. Wow. Isn't that isn't that crazy? That's that's a kind of a crazy stat. I mean, that's again yeah, everything small 0. sample, but like
1: thirteen's <laughs> a strong number.
0: Yeah, I guess if you look at that lineup, though, it kind of makes sense. You've got Tim Anderson, you've got Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, um, Grandal, who's a switch hitter, but mashes lefties. Um, Moncada, switch hitter. So you've got all these bats who are right hand. You got these right handed bats and. Yes, they're just they're crushing left-handed pitching this year.
1: Nice. Bad news for the Southpaws. Bad news. Well, it's a good thing the Pirates don't have that many left-handed pitchers. So, we we have a chance at our October playoff run here, Jim. <laughs> yeah, if we face the,
0: if we face the White Sox in the World Series, we uh, we'll have a we'll have a decent
1: shot. Maybe don't start Brault. don't start Holland. Yes. You know, but we'll be okay. I think we're good. I I think we're good. I don't know, man. So yeah, so I guess we were kind of if we're gonna go back to like the number one pick spot because I think that's what everyone's mostly wanting. Of course, right now they're worried about you know. So if we're gonna go back to that talk, of course there were some worries about a week ago. Now it's a week later. Again, we're fourteen. The Pirates are fourteen and thirty three. That is just awful. But, I mean, I guess the closest one next up is Texas at 17 and 31. Um, You know, nothing's locked up yet. But, again, the remaining schedule. I I think it's almost clear as day, like, we're going to have this number one. As far as long as Manfred keeps the draft by record. I don't know. I think the number one spot is very much in play right now. Yeah, I... I
0: do think that they will they will end up with the worst record again, it just comes down to is that gonna be enough to be the to get the number one overall pick this year i mean we don't we don't know what manfred's gonna do, so if he goes that route of you know having a lottery, we would have the best shot at it, but you again, you never know so right yeah, we'll see yeah um I think there's this this next draft. Like obviously everybody's talking about Kumar Rocker, but it's not too bad. So I think if if we end up with a top three or f- top four pick, then you know there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, there's some. There, I mean, anytime you can get a top five pick, you're going to get somebody who's going to be like impactful minor league
1: talent. So I mean, hopefully, <laughs> <Yeah>. hopefully, <laughs> right? Unless
0: you unless you draft Tony Sanchez, so you can save money to. Pick up arms in the later half of the draft.
1: There you go. Although, I mean, at least Tony Sanchez was talented in the minors. He did have decent numbers in the minors. So it wasn't until the He did the majors make the came. majors. Right. I guess he did at least make the majors, which right. some top five picks don't. Exactly. Exactly. So, but what I want to say too is, right, so the, the upcoming series, the finish out, which by the way, like baseball is almost over. Baseball oh, baseball's almost over. We have two games left against the reds right which we've seen what the reds are doing to the pirates right now so it's it's probably a clear there's two losses coming also um no i'm sorry yeah there's only one game left for the reds and then we do play take a seat we play five games against the cardinals Think about that. Five games. We have a five-game series against the Cardinals coming up. One is going to be a doubleheader on Friday. Then you play the Cubs for a four-game series. And then you finish the season out with the Indians at a three-game series. All very competitive teams. All right. Especially the Cubs and Indians, right? Maybe they could squeak out one or two against the Cardinals, right? But, like, we've, we joked that. They've lost seven games in a row now, and they have what I say five, nine, 11 more games coming up. They very easily could only win three of those.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I'm I, <laughs> I, they could they could they could easily lose
1: all of them. Well, yeah, I'm giving know. like a little bit of hope, like <laughs> yeah. almost almost uh, like best case scenario is like three game wins, three wins there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, let's see, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. So, yeah, so after today, so they've got 12 more games right now. Yes. Um,
1: most, in 11 days,
0: yeah, most are home, so I don't know if that will matter. You know, they'll have that home crowd, although <laughs> so that, that'll be good. Um, although the second St. Louis game is going to be another one of those where they're the away team at PNC Park on friday right which is weird a little bit but yeah didn't they they didn't get walked off the last time did they it was actually i think it was more of a blowout so that would be weird to like see them get walked off on their own their own stadium <laughs> right oh that would be that would be interesting no i think you're absolutely right i mean every team that we're playing is currently you know if the season ended right now they'd be in the playoffs Mm-hmm. Um, other than like said the Reds tonight. So But tonight yeah, I mean, could they, I mean tonight
1: could put them in the playoffs. Tonight could put them in the playoffs. So depending yeah. on when you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> the Reds could be a playoff team. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, you're right. So all games against competitive teams. Gosh, so so what is that? Thir- thirteen games total? Three, yeah. 13. Four, five, six, when do you seven. include okay. So out of those thirteen games, how many did we win? What do you think we do?
1: We do three and ten. That's or what I'm nine? saying. Like I, I think you know you're, good, you're gonna have a win. Like obviously, just because the team is better, you they're not gonna beat you every time. But I'm, I'm honestly like, I really feel that yeah, three and ten. And th- listen, three and ten pretty much lines right up with their you know their winning percentage for the year. It's not as if that's totally egregious. I mean, they're not even a three 300- mm-hmm. hundred winning percentage team so if they went 3 and 10 it's not as if that's completely outlandish like oh my god you know you guys are just so down the pirates no that's about what they're doing right now and if it's not 3 and 10 so okay 4-9 you know is that really that much of a difference um and and if that is the case i think you can easily say i mean the pirates lock up the number one draft pick going into 2021 and if it is Kumar on top of the list, which I think will, you know, in this off season we'll talk more about the draft. But like what you said, obviously the the memes, like I said, everything about Kumar Rockers is, is great. You know, I'm, I'm invested into it now, but I don't think it's actually like a cut and dry. This is the number one. This is the lock. This is the number one guy. But regardless, right. like how you kind of said, I think there's a few interchangeable names you can have there that are kind of intriguing. So. I think the Pirates are definitely going to lock up at least one of those top three spots, but yeah, definitely looks as if the number one spot is very obtainable and the Pirates could have the potential to pick any person they choose to in this upcoming draft.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they're going to be in a, in a good position there in the draft. It looks like, I think I read something. I think they're pushing the draft back again. I don't know if that's, if that if I thought I remember reading that, where they're going to push it out to I think July maybe even so okay which I actually which I actually like that I never liked it how the draft like cut into the college baseball season because mm-hmm. you'd have guys like like you would have mostly it was mostly during like the, the regionals of the college world series you'd have guys getting drafted and I was like I don't know how I feel about this like biggest day of these guys lives and they're in the middle of you know the biggest tournament of their life, so right. I, I I do think they should push it back a little bit. Um, and it gives the and what it also does it gives everybody the chance to kind of see those top guys on a national stage. Mm-hmm. You know, right before the draft. You know, whereas right now, you know, a lot of times you draft these people. No one no one's really paying attention to college baseball during the regular season. You have a few people who tune in during the college World Series. So. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool to be like, you know, so-and-so, the hero of the College World Series, you know, is off the board. So you know, I, I I like that aspect. I think it's good that, they, that they're that they thinking about pushing it back.
1: Sure. And honestly, like on the other side of it too, just thinking like the clubs, you know, like I just drafted this pitcher, but he's going to be pitching. I, you know, obviously the odds are very slim, mm-hmm. but like, okay, now he's just blew out his arm. <laughs> like yeah, had no, I had the opportunity right. to not draft him now, that'd been that would have been nice. So, yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. see that aspect. So, I want to ask you this question too, because I wasn't totally aware. So, you hearing this thing about them drafting, the drafting pushback to July, is that because of the COVID issues or is that because of the whole Manfred taking over minor league baseball? Because I saw that in their proposal with what baseball one or whatever he's calling it. Is, yeah, I don't, was I don't know. Was this because of COVID <laughs> or because of the new <laughs> transition of I, MILB?
0: Honestly, I'm not sure. Okay. um I am seeing, though, that July 11th is the draft, the 2021 draft. They're pushing it back on an entire month. Okay. um Now, I don't know if that could be. Maybe... That must
1: be because of COVID, then. That must have been something they changed yeah. beforehand. Because I, I know I've seen, like, a lot of proposals, and one of them was, which I do like. And it's the same, thing, I think, reasoning, you know, having a draft later in the year. And I think what their proposal was, even like, August to a degree. But, right. That way it's after all of baseball, you know, all that's done with. Um, And I think, you know, for most people, most scouts as well, you pretty much know what you're doing, but any information, you know, any more information is still better and useful information. Uh, And like you said, like, at least it's over with, like they're done the season and now they can focus on the draft. But
0: yeah, it looks like like they're going to, they're going to actually do it. They're going to do it during the all-star break. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah. So it'll actually, be, it'll actually be part of the all-star festivities is what it's saying.
1: You know what? I'll hand it to Manfred on that one. There's very little things, yeah. but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> For a couple yeah. of reasons, it's during the break, right? So all the reasons you discussed, but of course now it's during the break. I think it could bring more eyes to the draft. And I think that's something they've been wanting to do, obviously. You know, the draft used to just be, it's draft day. Right, and now they've kind of highlighted like the first round a little bit, like it's it's a bit of a TV show, but it's still nothing like N- NBA or NFL, of course. So maybe with a break, this could bring more attention to the actual draft. I like that. I like
0: that. Yeah, no, I I, I like it too. The only thing that the, the only downside is being that late. You know, a lot of times you're you've been used to you draft a guy, and then you get to see him actually play in the minors for two months. Now that may not be the case. You may draft a guy and he goes to, you know, instead of maybe playing the last month or so in a ball, he's, you know, maybe just down in Bradenton working out. I don't know how teams will handle that. So right. But yeah, you, you, you won't be able to see somebody for, you know, a, a three months, you know, where, whereas you, you could
1: do that if they get drafted in June. Yeah, that's true. So, let's pivot and talk a little bit of the players. Obviously, I guess still the big news. Even with all the losses coming, there's there's some brightness somewhere, right? And I think it's still clearly Cabrian Hayes. I mean, ever since he's come, came up, we we've talked about it, you know, we know the gloves there. Let's see the bat, you know, he had some struggles last year there's been no real baseball action. So we have no idea how he's progressed, what he's done this year. So like, you know, we had no expectations on the bat and truly Jim, it's been lights out. He's putting up the numbers, but he's killing this baseball. What can you say? What can you tell everyone about Cabron Hayes? Yeah. I
0: mean, I, again, I don't think we could have asked for a better first couple weeks here. Um, He's hitting the ball hard still. He's, he's sitting around 95 and a half miles an hour exit velocity, which is right up there with the leaders in, in Major League Baseball. Um, he, he had a nice home run the other day, which, you know, it was a great American ballpark, but that ball would have been <laughs> out of probably most stadiums. Uh huh. Um, yeah, actually, here I'm looking, StatCast, his average exit velocity right now. If he had enough at bats to qualify, would be third in baseball. He would actually be sandwiched sandwiched right in between Fernando Tatis Junior and Mike Trout.
1: Oh, is that so, it? <laughs>
0: those two guys is who he would be in between. Uh yeah, so he's he's hitting the ball hard, which is which is great to see. Um obviously the launch angle could is where he needs to work on to get some more power but right. everything everything that we're seeing out of him the defense has been as advertised the base running has been nice he's hitting the ball hard he's he has uh he has not really had had like he doesn't look bad like at all he, he kind of he looks like he belongs which is which is nice to see He's seen quite a bit of fastballs. He's seen almost 60% fastballs right now. So I think at some point pitchers are gonna adjust a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, right now, so far, so good. I'm with you. Like it's when you're coming into the season, you know, he's come up late, like everything we just talked about, no expectations. Just seeing him, just it's almost like at least give him some live pitching, some adjustment, and that way next year you can really see him. But yeah, he's come up and he's he's proven a point. And like you said, he belongs. There's no... Based on what he's doing this year, okay, not saying this was going to happen, but he hasn't given any reasons for the Pirates to say, well, we still want to work on some things with him next year to keep him down, right? Like, everything he's shown Mm -hmm. right now is proving that next year he should definitely be on the opening day roster, You know, again, like he's not giving any reasons for the Pirates to play even any more service time next year or something to say. Well, you know what? You know, he came up, he struggled. We'd like to see him some, you know, pitching in Triple A, get him seasoned, get this right, and then bring him up next year. Like he's proving that next year he is your starting third baseman for sure. Uh, Definitely defensively, he's looked great out there defensively, which we expected, Mm -hmm. and it's been nice too. Like when you have him and Gonzalez on the left hand side, it's been kind of fun to watch um but yeah like the bat it's been really good and the one knock is what you said too, like his launch angle it's very like old eric hosmerish you know the the guy that hits the ball really 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 hard And you just said like hey if this guy could just get the ball in the air right how good could he be and right now his 6.3 you know launch angle it's it's not that good he's hitting a lot of balls into the dirt you want to see him hit hard and get that elevated, get that up there. If that's what, if that's the next thing he has to work on. Like you're absolutely correct. If if he can get that right so far in this small sample, like you are looking at a very talented player. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. I'm excited too. And, and he
0: doesn't need, he doesn't really need to like do anything too drastic on that launch angle. Like six and a half isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's, it's probably, more than you know better than average um if he can just get that into like the eights you know then then you're looking at a guy who with that type of exit velocity is going to hit over 20 home runs in a year so as i said if he can just bump that up a little bit you know maybe t- try to tweak something during the offseason then you're looking at a, at a guy who could potentially be a pretty dangerous hitter as well as have a, have a really good good glove now again it's super early to tell this but so far, there hasn't been any
1: indication
0: to not get excited
1: about him. Right. And I think that's exactly where we can leave this off. That is, that's a great way because, right, it's a very, very small sample. But, you know, much of how we were more intrigued about Eric Gonzalez this year, it's all the other numbers there. Like, it's not empty numbers. He's not just hitting some bloops, you know, and, and stacking up that batting average because he has limited sample size. It's, he's hitting the ball very, very, very hard, very well. Um, not striking out a ton, which is good. I yeah, I I mean, if you had questions on his bats, I think those a lot of those questions were answered. Now you're hoping to be even just a little bit better because now you're going from a guy who, well, if he has a good bat, that glove is great; he'll be really good. Now you have a guy where you know if he tweaks some things, he could have a really really good bat, and with that glove, you know, really good glove, he could be a really good player. Still, wait to see, you know, but like he had, like he's showing he could provide that ability, um. So I'm really excited. Let's uh, let's talk about another guy. We'll talk about three hitters today, just to kind of highlight one who I think is still just consistently doing it. Colin Moran. Uh, So again, we talk about empty numbers, you know, like it's with Colin Moran, it's not that as well, like. He has completely changed his hitting profile this year. This guy's hitting the ball very, very hard, very, very well. You know, his numbers, he's really been the best hitter consistently all season. Still is. Is is this truly like calm Rand now? Is this the type of hitter he is? I mean, he did just turn 27. You know, that's like, like the magical number of baseball. That's when a lot of guys kind of figure things out. The power really comes. You know, has he really figured this out now? Has he become a true baseball player?
0: I don't know, honestly. Um, like I said, it could be just he's having a good stretch. You know, um, it's it's hard to tell. But you are right. Looking at his profile, he he looks good. Um, so I, as I said, I'm still not, I'm still not buying Colin Moran right now. Okay, like I'm I'm fine with. Hey, let's obviously let's keep playing him. Put him out there he's he's been the best hitter like you said all all season long from a from a standpoint of just being consistent. Um he's starting to hit against lefties a little bit too, which is nice to see because before that was non-existent. I don't know. I I'm still I'm just still a little leery on anointing Colin Moran like that he's here and that he's you know this is who he is because we've seen a lot of Colin Moran and he hasn't looked anything like this in the past. <laughs> so <laughs> I, it's it's just one of those things where it's going to take a little bit more for me to shake that. Um, again, he's doing, doing great this year. Um, I, I think if, I, mean, I think right now he's, he should be your everyday first baseman, to be honest. Well, um, We'll we'll get to that too, I have a feeling. Sadly, but, and not to think <laughs> any anyway from you, Jim. But
1: we didn't need yeah. you
0: to tell us that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean he should be the everyday first baseman. He looks competent over there. He's not great by any means, but he he's competent over there. Um and yeah, he's hitting the ball well enough that he deserves to be in the lineup every day. So I, I'm just not ready to
1: I'm not really to anoint him as anything. No. Well I mean, then you know what? Yeah. Screw you, Jim, because I am. I'm here to tell you (laughs) that Colin Rand is here to stay. He has done it. He has figured it out. This guy is just, whatever it is, whatever he worked on this offseason, it's it's all clicked for him. I mean, he's hitting the ball harder than he ever has, right? I mean, when he's been with the Pirates, his hard hit percentage, 35%, 35%. This year, it's 46. It's a huge jump. You know, his launch angle is a 14-14. I'm sorry, that's not his launch. His launch angle is 9.5. Kind of like you said, like the difference with, you know, you're not looking for much with Gabriel Hayes. This guy's 40% barrel. Like, he is hitting the ball super well. Now, like you said, he's making some adjustments. He's hitting lefties. He's also hitting the hell out of breaking balls. So there is like a fundamental change with Cal Moran. And it's translating. And it's legit. It is real. Now again, it's small sample, so he might not be like the one twenty nine weighted runs created plus, you know, type of third baseman. But I think he can easily sit in like that one fifteen to one twenty range if this is what he's figured out and done going forward. Um, And that's been the knock: like he has been a air quotes average hitter, right? In that like ninety five to hundred weighted runs created plus, but as a third baseman, that's terrible profile. You know, as a third baseman, that's not an average hitter. Uh, that's in your, like, the 30, he's, like, ranked 30 over, like, the like past two years as far as a top hitter's uh, third baseman. But, like, if you go into that range, you're a legit third baseman. Or if we have to put over the first base now, even at first base. Um, I'm here to tell you things have finally clicked for Calmaran. The reasons that the Pirates traded for him. <laughs> Uh, the reason the Marlins drafted him and then Houston traded for him, you know, to begin with, it's it's all here, it's all clicking. He's not going to like hit thirty bombs, of course, but he can be a good hitter finally, and it's going to happen. So screw you, Jim. It's happening. All right, all right. No, I mean, if if he's
0: if he's a one twenty nine weighted runs created plus hitter or, or one twenty, let's say he's one twenty, then he's an average. Major League first baseman. Whatever. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if that's who he is. I don't know if that's who he is, though. We'll see. It, it's going to take more than 41 games, or 38 games is what he's played right now. It's going to take
1: more than 38 games for me to, uh, to change my mind about him. Okay. Okay. I mean, truthfully, it should. You know, I'm not doubting you. And, and honestly, I still want to see more. But I'm going off the line. I'm going off the cliff, and I'm jumping in and telling you it's here to stay. If you want to talk about always. stock, okay, you said you're not going to buy stock in Comrade. Let's talk about some people whose stocks have severely changed, and I'm interested in who you might buy and not. Then look look at the way this look at this transition, Jim, off script. Are you right. buying Josh Bell's stock right now? And or whose stock would you rather buy? Josh Bell or Colin Moran?
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. um, <laughs> what a so, face. So Josh Bell has been hitting the ball a lot better as of late.
1: You mentioned, I'll, I'll let you say the stat. What, what is it since August 27th? All right. So since August 27th, yes. And that's 74 plate appearances. He's hitting 323. His on base is 519. He's slugging 581. His way to run Creative Plus is 161. So five home runs as well in those, uh, in those 20 games. Oh man, what I,
0: honestly, what the best part about that stat line and the reason why I think it is what it is, is I've I've got this pulled up. So during that same period of time, walk rate is up to 14.9% during that period. His walk rate for this season is 9%. So he's been walking a lot more over this past, what is it, two, two and a half week stretch. Mm Mm-hmm. The strikeout rate also down to 20.3% for the year. He was, he's 26. So the walks are up, the strikeouts are down. He's, he's really, he, he's, he's been hitting the ball hard all year long. Um and, you know, if you look at, look at exit velocity and, and things like that, he's actually hitting the ball harder this year than he was last year. Um, the, the, like I said, the, the knock on him really has been, he hasn't been able to put the ball in play um because of that strikeout rate so he's putting the ball in play now which if you hit the ball hard enough and you put it in play I think things are going to happen so I think that's the those two things the walk rate and the strikeout rate are the reasons for the kind of the change here over the last couple weeks sure um and I would say I I I need to I still need to see it a little bit longer Uh, You know, we've seen Josh Bell obviously be really hot over over a period of time, and and it looks like he's been he's been good these last two and a half weeks. I mean, 161 weighted runs created plus—that's great. Like, if that's if he can do that, then this is a completely different ball ball club. Um, I just again, it's just he he rough second half. He needs to be able to put this together for a long stretch and he still hasn't been able to do that really for his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of reminds me of really like Pedro Alvarez to an extent where like, when he's <laughs> Multiple on, reasons too. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, multiple reasons and not good reasons. But like <laughs> when he's on, like he's on. Like when, when Pedro was locked in, I mean, you could expect Pedro to hit a home run almost every game. Um, but when Pedro was off, you know he he looked just terrible up there. Um, so we've kind of got this Jekyll and Hyde thing going on with Josh Bell that we had with Pedro. Couple that with just his amazingly, astoundingly inept defense. Yeah, um, I'm still not buying Josh Bell. So if we're going stock, I'm not buying it yet. I am. I got him on like my watch list, like if I'm looking at my my stocks app on my my Apple, my my, I, my iPhone here. Uh-huh. you know, I, I I added the Josh Bell stock to my home screen so that I can kind of keep an eye on it, but I haven't bought it yet.
1: I like it. And, and I think now the thing that's going to be terrible is 60 games are going to stop the season. Like the only thing that's going to stop Josh Bell right now with this current streak of you know good hitting is the season, unfortunately. Um, And the reason I say what stinks about that is it would have been nice if he could have turned like this season around, per se. So in theory, he had a bad start, right? Like the bad first month, but then the rest of the season you carried out and he had a good overall season. We're not going to get that. We're only going to get the majority of the season being bad. And at the very end, he heated up and then it stopped. And the reason I say that as well is because like the question is, Is this just what Josh Bell is? Is he the streakiest MLB hitter that's ever existed, per se? (laughs) Uh, Yes, of course, a little facetious on that. But literally, this is, as you mentioned, Josh Bell. From the day he's come up, I feel like his hitting profile has changed every season, right? And in every season, he has, like, the worst of worsts. And literally, as we saw at the beginning of last year, almost like the best of bests. You know, I mean, those first few months last year was like historical. And then mm-hmm. he went down to being a pumpkin. And overall, the season looks good. But it's like every single year you have completely different Josh Bells. You know, and I don't know if Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde's enough people to fit what Josh Bell is. I think we need like four or five more characters, right? In a full season of Josh Bell. So, like, I'm with you, and it stinks that this season's going to be short. <clears throat> Because I just I just feel like this is what Josh Bell is, and it he he's he's everything, and you just don't know when you're gonna get it. And I don't know if that's good or not, because typically at the end of the seasons, of course, this sure year won't see it. It works out that he's good, but I, I don't know if I can, like. I don't know even if overall numbers look good every season. If I want. Some guy who's just that streaky because when you do become a playoff team and you are good, do do you want to hope that you get the good Josh Bell in the playoffs or find out that you got the terrible Josh Bell in the playoffs and now you lose, you know, the playoffs? So I don't know. Like, would you rather have and hoping, right? Hoping gets there the more consistent, but not as high ceiling, right? Not as can be great, Colin Moran. Or do you just want this guy who can be an elite hitter or completely lost of the plate in Josh Bell and not know when you're going to get it? So I think you have like, right, two different types of players. If I'm going to buy stock, I guess I don't know, man. I'm with you. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really buying. I probably, though, would probably rather invest into, I don't know. I want to say Colin Rand. Like, I want to, I really want to say yeah, this is right. legit. And the only reason is at least I know what I'm getting in Colin. Moran. That's what's set me apart. Like, at least this is a safe stock. Josh so Bell saying, is like a very, very volatile
0: like, stock. So you're saying Colin Moran, at least like at a minimum, is an average hitter. Yes. Whereas, whereas Josh Bell could be this super awesome hitter or this completely terrible, inept
1: did right. It. Like he just turns into Enron and now you're done. <laughs> <laughs> there goes
0: all, all, all your right. savings.
1: Yeah. You're either going to be a multimillionaire off Josh Bell or you're claiming bankruptcy off Josh Bell. There's no in between. <laughs> At least with no. Cal Rand, it'll be fun to watch. You know, I might make a couple bucks, might lose a couple bucks, but I'm still in the game.
0: I guess if I have to choose between those two, I would go Josh Bell. But yeah, you're right. Neither, neither are stocks that I, would, that I, that I actually <laughs> want, to be honest, right, at
1: this point. Yeah, well, it's okay. I understand because you're hanging on very dearly to that Fernando Tatis Jr. stock. And when you have that stock, you honestly don't even need to worry about any other stocks. You, know, yeah, you, when, just, when, you have, when you've got the TATI stock, you really don't need anything else. Right. You know, you put the Josh Bell and Cal Moran on the home screen just to look at them, just out of curiosity, and also to make fun of your other friends who have those stocks because they weren't smart enough to buy a Tatis junior stock. So I get it, Jim. I understand. All right. Um, well, I think that's enough about the players. I know we normally go into a rant. Um, I don't really have a rant. I know you kind of do. Do you still have that rant? Do you want to go on a little rant here? Yeah,
0: we'll go on a little rant. All right. Um, Are are you timing me again or no?
1: Yeah, I'll time you, but take as much as you want. Who All cares? right. Okay. All right. Time doesn't exist anyways. Go ahead. All right. Me,
0: okay. All right. So late last night, kind of right around midnight, um, word broke that. Manfred said that the 16 team postseason is likely to remain uh beyond 2020. And that's just the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I, I like I absolutely hate it. There are some things that Major League Baseball has done over this past decade or so that I definitely don't agree with. But this right here is just one of it it may be the worst out of anything that they've done, and I'm not even being like this isn't hyperbole or anything, but this i have like it's just so clearly about just making more money and not what's best for for actual major league baseball you know, you're playing baseball is what's very unique about baseball is this 162 game regular season. There's 162 baseball games throughout the course of a year. It is a grind. Like you have to get through that. And what I love about it is that with baseball, the playoffs are not like, it's not a participation trophy. Like, like every other sport is um, other than maybe football, but you've got, you've got, you've got the top four teams basically from each league in this 162 game season that, that go to the playoffs. Like that's the cream of the crop. Like the, the, the best teams over a course of 162 games rises to that top and separates themselves. When you start adding more and more teams into this, like you've got 16 teams now out of 30 that are going to make the postseason you're going to play 162 games. Like what's even the point? of the 162 games when you're going to let in teams that have won 75 of those games. Like there's going to be 75 win teams make the playoffs now. And, and I I can't stress enough how bad this is. I, you know, for, for baseball, because not only is it basically making the regular season useless, right? Like what's the point of really even trying in the regular season all that much, especially if you've got a half decent team, Like just send out your guys and you're going to win 80 games. Who cares? Right. Um, But again, it's just, it goes back to the owners of baseball. Just they've demonstrated this behavior over the last, especially five years or so that TV money is more important than actually putting together a championship winning club. Um, And this, all this is going to do is just, gonna accelerate that even further like what's the point of even spending any money when you know that you can win 78 games and you're gonna make the play like why even try why even try to win those extra 15 games why even sign these big free agents why why give anybody anything when you know that if you just put out a half decent team you're gonna make the playoffs so i I think that what you're gonna see now is you're gonna see free agency even become worse potentially because of this You're going to see owners out there who just refuse to spend money, um, money that they have that they just aren't going to spend because why? What's the point? Like if they can make the playoffs and be, you know, 85 and you know, an 85 win team, you're probably top five team in the playoffs. Um, What's the point of spending an extra $20 million to try to bump that up to 90 wins, right? So you're going to have, it's going to drive poor behavior by the owners who have already, who have already shown that they, they're not operating in good faith when it comes to, to free agency. And then it's going to just, like I said, this it's 162 games. Like I'm not, we're not talking, this isn't football, you know, where we're, we're, we're playing 16 games, like it's 162 games. And you're basically stripping that of, of all of its meaning. Um, which I just, I, I, I can't bet, I can't get behind this idea at all.
1: Cool. That's about it. That's all I got. Well, that was about a four-and-a-half-minute one, so. <laughs> you just went over the time. No, no, I mean, that's, that's good. And I just want to play devil's advocate to you. That's all. Uh, this isn't my belief, but I just want to play devil's advocate yeah. to you, okay? So you are expanding the playoffs. And yes, that means more money, and we know baseball has, regardless of what you feel about the owners, which we're on the same page about that, baseball, like every sport right now, is losing money. Okay. So this is a way to gain more money. But also, if you now expand playoffs, right? 16 teams, more cities, more teams now can become playoff teams. More people can feel that success. And yes, I get there's a participation trophy feel to that. But think about this. What if the Pirates? Were able to make the playoffs not just three times in 150 years, it seems like, but you know, like what if they were able to make the playoffs at least like 33 percent of the time during like that bad stretch, you know? And I know they weren't, they wouldn't have, but like if there was more of a chance, more of ability to, like, what if Pirates playoff baseball was more relevant in Pittsburgh, even with more mediocre type teams, right? Don't you think that would be good for? the fan base good for baseball
0: i think it's kind of a double-edged sword like yeah i think you 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 accomplish that by doing it um but then i guess you could say at the same time like do you really get that excited about a team that's going to win 78 games making the playoffs like what is that? Okay, I just—it's one of the—it's again like what I like about baseball is that a lot of times like you're you're rewarding those those good teams. Like there's going to be if you do this, eventually there's going to be like a because the other here's the other difference too that that I'll talk about with baseball as opposed to pretty much every other sport out there. Like in the NBA, a one seed versus an eight seed, right? you're looking at that one seed is going to win that playoff series mm-hmm. 99% of the time, <laughs> you know, and, and that's just because that's how the game is, right? Like the the number one team is heads and shoulders better than the number eight team Definitely. all the time. Yep. Um, baseball is different because, you know, even the best team in the league is only going to beat the worst team in the league two out of three times you know, if they play. So, there's just so much more volatility to it, and uh, i mean you're gonna have you're gonna have in the in the first two years of doing this donardo you're gonna have a one hundred win team get knocked off by a sub five hundred team in the playoffs yes, you know, and I guess it depends on do you like that or do you not i mean I don't know I feel like if you win a hundred games over a hundred and sixty two game season, you kind of deserve a little bit more than that you know um so i i I guess it depends on what side of the coin you're on if you are that 78 win team it's great for you right um and that's why i kind of will it goes back to what i mentioned before like with all of this now what is going to be the point of owners to spend money yeah like why Why strive to be that hundred win team when you can just win high eighties, get into the playoffs. And then you're right there with everybody. I said, that's, I said, that's the difference in baseball is that in, in, in a lot of these other sports, you they're like, you're, you're not dealing with a lot of of upsets like that. Um, Whereas with baseball, it's it's a thin there's a thin line there in between. I mean, anything can happen, in a, especially a three game series, you know, between a one and eight seed and in, in, in baseball. So um, that that's that's my thing is you play this season, you play this hundred and sixty two game, just absolute grind of a season to figure out who the best teams are. If you just let everybody into the playoffs, then what is the point of the season? I think it's gonna at the end of the day, it comes back to if we had owners in baseball who, has, who have who shown that they 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 want to win and they want to spend money to win, I and mean, there's a couple out there who who do it, but for the most part, you're gonna have these guys now just say, Why
1: sign these extra guys when we're an 85 win team? That's all very, very fair points. I did want to bring that up because I think that is a, you know, what, what I, I said. I wanted you know be, play devil's advocate and talk about more playoff teams and how it's good for those cities and markets and you know and, and fan base and such because I, I do believe that is the positive. You know, if more pirates fans are invested into pirates baseball, that's good for MLB. You know, and it's not just pirates. Like I'm not speaking just on a pirates fan base. I mean, if Mets right if the mets were actually consistent playoff teams you know more royals like more fan bases were in playoffs right i think that's good for baseball it strengthens it but i think the unintended consequences is exactly like what you're talking about like small picture is how do we get more fans get more playoff spots right and that's how we can do it but i think you're right because owners aren't dumb and why would owners want this the, the, the thing came about that this is pre COVID that they've discussed this. Why would owners want this? Well, you're exactly right. Let's go back to the beginning of the show when you joked about this Pirates, like year, this year for the Pirates is a perfect Neil Huntington season. Neil Huntington will be a hot commodity if we expand to 16 teams because you're right. All you need to do is his quote. As long as you're just hanging in there, right? You can make the playoffs. Just every year, you know, you just want to hang in there, be about a 500 team. If it's, you know, looking good, then you add a deadline and go for it. Do the Dodgers need to be a $200 million payroll team to do that? No. Do the Yankees? No. You know, and and, and you're right. Like, when the Dodgers are the first team to win 105 games and 110 games and get bounced in those first two playoff series, Right? Because there's gonna be three games, like you're mentioning. The Padres or Padres, the Dodgers say, screw this. Like what's like you're saying, like, what is the point of this? Why should we invest so much into 162 when it's just three games that matter? We've done all this, we've done everything right, and we've gotten nowhere, we've gotten nothing, we've got bounced out of the playoffs twice, you know, being the best team in baseball or such, screw it. You know, we're gonna be a ninety-win team going forward, right? And then things are clicking, things are working. We'll make a trade or two of the deadline and make a run and roll the dice. Um, you are right. Like baseball is very, very different of a sport. You know, obviously, better teams usually win. You know, but it's because of over this course of one sixty-two, anything can happen in two or three games. That's why this season, you know, everyone's clamoring that. Go for it. Like, doesn't matter what team you are. Go for it. Because anything can happen in 60 games. Well, if anything can happen in 60 games, anything could happen in two or three games. So, I think the unintended consequences is going to be simply that. You know, when the playoffs expanded from the wild card be one team to two teams in that playoff game, the Pirates, re- you know, I shouldn't say re- the Reap, they got wrecked on, on that. You know, they were the second best team in baseball. But they had to get a wild card and then they're out in one game. That sucked. We joke because, of course, we're Pirates fans. Of course, it happened to the Pirates. Well, what if it happens to the Dodgers or the Yankees two years in a row or Boston Red Sox two years in a row where they win 105 games and they get bounced in the first you know, round of the playoffs to say the Pirates because, you know, at that time, Mitch Keller was feeling it and just shut them down. And then, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Some Joe Musgrove had a flu game, you know, shut them down too. And, like, and there you go. Like the Pirates Josh Bell was
0: on, Josh yeah, Bell was yeah,
1: on. we had good Josh Bell <laughs> and a very, very safe column ran, so yeah. you know, like that's where I find this to be a problem, just like you said, and it, you're right, it's not rewarding people to try there's there's no reason to win the off season at all, to so put a good team out there come march twenty seventh or whenever we decide to do this season anymore. That there really isn't. It it turns this mentality into literally the Neil Huntington route, which was be competitive, roll the dice, see what you got, go from there. And yes, I think that that's gonna hurt baseball overall. Yeah,
0: like, like you mentioned, I I think it's short sighted, just like every other thing that this Everything. game
1: has done.
0: And uh <laughs> short-sighted was, and revenue driven. Yep. It'll it'll make them money. I mean, that's for sure. That is that is one thing that is for sure. The owners will get richer because of this decision. With
1: less motive to give it to players. Yep. All right. I feel like we're gonna talk a lot more about that uh throughout this off season, especially if there's more chatter amongst it. So but we'll leave that at there. Um any last words before you want to go, Jim? Um,
0: no. Blake Cedarland, major league debut last night. Um, I didn't get to see it, but I looked at the, uh, the baseball savant uh, game page, and he had the three fastest uh, balls thrown in the game. So that was good to see. It looked like he was sitting ninety eight pretty much all all night. So I look forward to seeing some um, Blake Cedarland over this last week and a half.
1: Same, and I don't know how I could forgot to bring him up. I also didn't watch the game, so maybe that's why. But I did the same thing like you did. I went to baseball savant, saw a a perfect inning, right? No strikeouts, but I guess they'll they'll come, let's hope. But yeah, he finally makes his debut. So yeah, if there's anything to want to, I guess, watch these next, what we say, 13 games, I guess it's Cabron Hayes and Blake Cederland. Yep. All right. All right, well, we'll leave it there. We'll catch you all to, yeah, tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah, we'll catch you all tomorrow night on uh, NS9 Live, and we'll see you then. So later, bye-bye. Bye.